The following podcast is a Green Fresh Media production. And working with your spouse is always interesting, but I have to say, I can hand on heart say that Philippe and I have done it very well. Unfortunately, <laughs> we complement each other in our skill sets, and I think we we naturally fall into different roles yeah. where where I where I'm lacking. Ariti certainly I picks think, it up. And I don't know if he was I think it's very much how the rest of our life work. Born into the natural products industry, he's a serious social strategist who loves natural foods and has his pulse on everything the industry has to offer. Welcome to Time to Grow with your host, Kyle Marshall. Welcome back to Time to Grow, where we take you behind the scenes of some of the most amazing brands and people around. And today is no exception. We have a super power couple with us, where we are going to dive into the alcohol industry and their amazing tequila brand, Catadia. But this episode is more than a brand. It's more than a product. It's more It's more than just about tequila. It's about passion and starting and operating a business with a partner, right? How complementing each other and how collaboration can be a beautiful thing. Business isn't everything. And what stands out most to me throughout this conversation is collaboration and that love for what you're doing is so important. Katadia stands for every day and Sandeep and Riti want to live life every day. And I think through this conversation and through the passion for this business that they're creating, you'll really feel what I'm talking about. I learned so much about life throughout this conversation. I learned how amazing it can be to go on a journey and starting something and building a business with the person you love most and sharing it with your family. Yes, business is important, but so is that time with your family and, you know, those moments of celebration. Cindy deals with the manufacturing and the operations. Reedy manages branding, social, and the consumer-facing part of the business. But they're always aligned right? I'm sure there's some difficulties and opinions get in the way, but they collaborate. They come together as one, but they also are unique in what they offer each other. We can all learn from this these amazing people, but let's get into the tequila. Let's get into the fun stuff. I feel as if when you get older, you you really start to appreciate the finer things in life. You start sipping on that fine wine. And tequila is one of those things, right? And what I've learned from this episode is all great things take time. Catadilla uses aged 100% agave. It's small batched and crafted from some of the most beautiful parts of Mexico. It's launching in the LCBO at the end of September, which could be in a couple of days from now. If you're a tequila lover, if you want to try the best tequila in North America, head over to LCBO, support Catadilla, hit me up on my DMs, let me know what you think. Let's get into it. Let's get into this fun and exciting episode. Sandy, Reedy, welcome to the Time to Grow show. Before we get into it, before we get into the weeds, can you introduce yourselves, where you're from, careers, expertise, and then really what inspired you to start your own tequila brand? Yeah, thank sure. you so thank much you, Kyle, for having us. For having us. Uh, yeah, that's, there's so much to say. Um, but we, I'm Riti, and um, I'm Sandeep. And uh, we have, we're, we've been married for about six, uh, 15 years um, this year. And we have two little girls, they're eight and 11. Um, and we both have quite demanding and busy day jobs, as we call it. 
Um, I'm a, an, a senior advisor for a consultant for the government. And Cindy? I work for Hila Packard Enterprise. Uh, I manage the strategy behind our energy and sustainability for the global real estate footprint for, for the company. So, so we're, we're yeah, pretty we're busy. Quite busy. Yeah. <laughs> We enjoy our day jobs. We do. Time. We love them. And I don't think, you know, every time we kind of say that out loud, we're like, wow, we're, we're quite busy, but I don't think we'd ever have it any other way. I yeah. Think. And then, of course, we decided to pursue a huge passion of ours, <laughs> which is obviously tequila. I, I think, you know, in terms of where it all started and, and how we decided, probably started from the day Rithi and I met 17 yeah. years ago. Um, but we've evolved a lot since that time. And, you know, just, I, I used to be a really big Scotch drinker and, um, and, and Reefy kind of introduced me to the wonderful world of tequila, uh, long ago. And, and we've been traveling to Mexico for many, many years now. And just through those trips, we got a chance to really understand tequila. So the good, the bad, the everything in between. And we, we just loved it. We loved everything about it. And it's actually considered to be one of the healthiest spirits out there. And when it's, it's made well. <laughs> and it fit in our lifestyle. And so when I brought Snape over to the tequila side, as I, I call it the good side. I was fascinated. And yeah. I was quite happy that Riti sort of brought me over. And, and through the last, you know, more than a decade, like Riti mentioned, we've learned so much uh, about the craft the culture and everything surrounding tequila. And ultimately we, we thought, wow, we are really passionate about this. Wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be crazy if we, if we launched our own brand? And, and, and we did. <laughs> and uh, uh, one of this motto that we actually live our life by is called, is, is very much like a celebrate life each and every day. And our brand and Catadia means every day in Spanish. And so the, all of the messaging behind our brand is really about that, about the, the not waiting for those special moments to celebrate the, the small, the big, um, you know, and, and through the pandemic, I think that's just kind of reinforced yeah. that messaging and how important it is. Um, and so we took our, our passion for life and our passion for well-made tequila and put them together into to our brand Catadia. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's one of the things that I liked about you both so much when we first met was I could feel the passion and the love for what you guys are doing. And then the name is so perfect, right? So was it, it how did you come to, you know, did it just dawn on you and like that's the name? Like because I, I find it so interesting because sometimes I can be the most difficult part of starting a company is the name. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, you you can understand that in the space that you're in, but Interestingly yeah, enough, we, yeah, we were, were actually at the spa at one of our favorite spas in the city um, with Sunip's uh, sister and brother-in-law. And, and, and my brother-in-law is uh, of, of Hispanic descent. And we were we were just chatting about everything that we believe in and, 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 and the tequila brand that we were, you know, we hadn't launched at that point. Of course, this was just really early on. And we just we started, started spitballing all sorts of names. And we came up, I don't even remember, we came up all sorts of crazy things. And we landed on Catadia. And when we said it a few times, and, and, and it was like, wow, this, this fits amazingly well. And so it, it stuck. No, that's, that's awesome. So it's, it's not easy starting a company, right? You, you, an idea to executing it, putting the business plan together is, is, is difficult, right? How much of it was, you know, learning on your feet, right? You had to figure out 
manufacturing, supply chain, marketing, design. What was that whole process like in the beginning? Yeah, yeah. very, <laughs> very challenging. Definitely <laughs> learning every second of learning a lot as we go. We're, our backgrounds aren't in the spirits industry, aside from, you know, enjoying tequila and learning about it as consumers. Uh, until and we decided to launch, we had no sort of business knowledge of, of the spirits no, industry. No, and you can do all the research in the world. And it was every step of the way has been almost a surprise at what the whole process <laughs> entails. And we certainly haven't expected all that's been, I mean, it's been super exciting. I'm not, you know, it, it's been a lot of work, but very exciting. But, so as a part of my, uh, my day job with HPE, traveled to Guadalajara quite often, not through the pandemic, but prior to that over the, over the last number of years and developed some colleagues and friends. And one of my colleagues, his family owns a large agave farm in the region and and so it's sort of when we decided to launch, it started there just in terms of, you know, hey, how do we how are we going to make tequila? <laughs> you, you know, so he, he helped us uh, with getting connected with a number of distilleries. And, you know, again, we learned along, you know, we, we, we knew some of the process and whatnot, but now we had to really get deeper into it to fully understand it if we wanted to create, you know, an amazing tequila that we could be proud of. But definitely the start of all of it was the contact in Mexico. And and tequila, at a, you know, the tequila space is very tough. It's highly regulated. And, and you know, every, we shortlisted a bunch of distilleries that we wanted to work with, which was a process on its own. But it, like every step of the way. Every step of the way. And even from a regular, regulatory perspective, it's it's... It's it's one of those things where you have certain expectations and, and it doesn't go as you as you plan and so you've always got to kind of change and adjust and and push in different directions. But uh, certainly it's it's been challenging but fun. That's for sure. So from um, just to break down some of this stuff because I think that's that adds a lot of value to to the audience in terms of you know I guess the regulatory issues is that sourcing it and and finding the distillers or is it packaging it getting it into Canada what does yeah. that kind of look like? Sure. Yeah, great questions because it's all of the above. Yeah. So, <laughs> so with tequila, of course, it has to it has to be made in Mexico. It can't be only in certain regions in Mexico, similar to, you know, like a champagne for it to say tequila in the bottle, it's, it's regulated and it's made in the specific region. So from a regulatory side, there are hoops to jump through there in Mexico. But in terms of on the Canadian side, every province has their own rules, regulations, or even label requirements. Like, for example, Ontario, we've got the LCBO and it's very highly regulated. In mm -hmm. contrast, in Alberta, it's it's an open market and you've got private retailers so it's really a matter of you know each province navigating like i said labor requirements or how distribution works or you know just how the province operates in the in the spirit space and, and it's very different from beer and wine especially for us because it's it, it can't be made here it's always got to be imported so really just you know not like we can, you know, describe it here in in a, in a few minutes, but ultimately it's a matter of understanding each of those each of those pieces for each of the provinces. And like I said, labeling is also quite the challenge because you've almost got to put a lot in your label to capture various markets, unless you want to be printing 
you know, quite a number of different labels. Yeah, no, being in the food and beverage space in the grocery industry, that's one of the things we have to navigate almost daily, especially with U.S. manufacturers coming to Canada, right? It's got to be bilingual. There's ingredients, and I'm sure it's even more regulated with alcohol just because it's the nature of alcohol. Absolutely. Right. Before we, I do want to untangle some of the Canadian stuff because I'm fascinated by the go-to-market strategy and the different channels that you have to deal with. But in terms of quality of tequila, right, there's definitely a variation of uh, in quality, right? You have your, you know, what we grew up on, Jose Cuervo, all the way up to, you know, very, very high-end tequila. And I think social media over the last little bit has really shined this light on premium tequila, enjoying tequila. Mm -hmm. But if you could maybe break down, you know, what the difference is and then where Catadia fits in and, and the effort and maybe the, the processes that went into you guys creating this really great brand. Yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah. I, I think from the beginning, what we knew for sure is that we wanted to create something that was high quality, true to traditional methods and is, you know, we went for like the best possible price for the quality that we could get. And it started with the agave itself. And Right, so... so- you know, like you mentioned, there's a wide range of qualities. So starting from the agave, which is what the tequila is made from, we're using eight-year-old agave and, um, you know, high-volume type of tequilas can use three-year-old agave, maybe four-year-old agave, but we're harvesting after eight years. So you can imagine that amount of time and and given to, to ensure the agave is ripe. It is huge and it's a number of years. I mean, and that's for the lowlands where, where we're for the agave that we're using. So that's, you know, right from the beginning, high quality agave is key. There are a number of steps in the production process like cooking. So there's super high volume methods, there's semi high volume methods, then there's craft small batch methods, which was what we do in terms of slow cooking for, you know, around 40 hours in stone ovens. And even with using yeast that are naturally occurring versus external yeasts, uh, various parts of the tequila making process that really lend themselves to quality versus, you know, not. So, you know, at the end of the day for, for Catadia, Riti and I have been directly involved hand in hand with the Maestro Tequilero uh, in Mexico at the distillery to create Catadia and to ensure we're getting a high quality product and that it's, you know, extremely well balanced for our reposado between the agave and the, the, the barrel notes and whatnot, and to really deliver that experience where, you know, you don't have to pay, you know, $200 a bottle to get a high quality tequila, you know, we're, we're coming in in under $100 and you're getting super high quality. So was that definitely one of the key pillars of, of the brand was we want to be under $100, but obviously providing a really, really high quality? I, I wouldn't or say did that key- come later? I wouldn't say it's a key pillar just because depending on the market and the regulations, price mm-hmm. point changes. So Very. when we say the hundred dollars, under hundred dollars, that's mainly the Ontario market. Yeah. But I, I think the, you know, part of the key pillars is, you know, Rithi and I, we are the brand owners, we are the passion behind the brand, and we are ensuring that we are delivering an amazing tequila. And and ultimately it, it should be at an attainable price. So I think that that is essentially one of the key pillars of, of, of the brand. Yeah, no, I love that. So if, if, if you're a new consumer to tequila, 
what should we be looking for? Right. And I love, you know, the, the craft concept, small batch, you know, and, and everything that goes into that, but is that, do you, does that translate to flavor and taste and enjoyment? And is that what a new consumer should maybe look at? Yeah. So that's a, that's a tough one because a lot of the details of production don't show up on the bottle itself. And, you know, first, first and foremost, the very, very simple one is you should be looking for a hundred percent agave tequila. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That will, that's definitely a higher quality tequila. However, there's a wide range of quality within that space. So if, if someone is looking for uh, a really great sipping experience, I think understanding the production process which would have would require some research because, like I mentioned, it doesn't show up on the bottle. Understand the production process is is key and to get something that's of, of great quality. In terms of producing the brand, right? What are what would you say your expertise are? Sandeep, are you more on the manufacturing and production side? Reedy, you're more in branding or, you know, how does that, how does the partnership between the two of you work? <laughs> you pretty much nailed it. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and working with your spouse is always interesting, but I have to say, I can hand on heart say that Sandeep and I have done it very well. And we, we Unfortunately, we complement each other in our skill sets, and I think we uh, we naturally fall into different roles. Yeah. Where where I where I'm lacking, Riti certainly I picks think, it up. And, and I don't know if you would say the same, but I think it's very much how the rest of our life works. Is we, we kind of naturally fit into these right, with these the roles and, and stuff, life. and right. it's not we're not a couple that's like okay you do this and you do that it that's not us and that's not how we are but it happens naturally. it happens naturally so, and so yeah so I'm definitely more on the you know the networking the social media marketing in general and so this is definitely, definitely more on the, more on the operational end. side uh for sure in terms of like you say back end and operational and we you know when it comes to financials we're very much um we work we work together, we work together you know discussing budgets and and just on the financials that's something where we just really collaborate on together but but one interesting point is that we ensure that we don't bring every little thing to each other because there's a lot to do so we kind of divide and conquer but we we definitely talk about all the major decisions we you know anything that needs we need to align on we always do and we have our daily touch points on like a list list of things (laughs) No, that's awesome. No, as you guys are talking, I'm thinking about the role my wife plays in my company where she's not obviously a, a partner in the company, but I think I run about everything by her before I actually do it just to make <laughs> sure, you know, so she's definitely the the creative approval brains behind, behind my business, which is, Amazing. which is uh, really cool. Right. And then you, if you think about you know, getting through life together, right? They say, if you can get through a home renovation together, you're, you're pretty good, right? And if you can get through, you know, starting operating and running a business together, you know, you're, you're pretty good. Good shape, good shape. Yeah. <laughs> we touched on it a little bit, but why the jump into entrepreneurship? And I've asked this question to, to many entrepreneurs, many brands I've, I've had the opportunity to interview. Um, you guys have great careers. The alcohol space is, is crazy competitive. Why the, the sudden jump to, to do this? And is it still as exciting as day one? I, you know, I think Sanip and I both intrinsically have, have been very entrepreneurial. I didn't grow up around a lot of entrepreneurs, um, whereas they did. But I think, you know, from the very beginning, 
I was a lemonade stand and, you know, type of girl. Very but cool. um, <laughs> yeah, and, and Sandeep has just been around a lot of very successful entrepreneurs. So it's been kind of ingrained yes. in you. But I think like it's a super exciting journey for sure. And we've, we've had another business. We had a, a physiotherapy clinic for seven years that um, we sold, we sold right before the pandemic hit. And, you know, it was a great experience, but we just couldn't do it all at, at you know, when we were launching Ketadia. So we, you know, made some decisions, but it's been, it's, it's definitely still exciting. There's there's massive roller coasters all the time. Ups and downs, like you wouldn't believe. On a on a daily basis, we can safely say that we've had a day where it was like the best news and the worst news, and <laughs> you just kind of learn to, you know, take the good with a grain of salt, the bad with a grain of salt, and and move on and move forward, you know, and keep going. Yeah, and I think I think you know you you ask Kyle why why entrepreneurship? I think it really drives us to be doing something we're passionate about. I mean, we both enjoy our day jobs and, you know, don't get me wrong in, in the, the energy sustainability world. I really enjoy it myself. And, and, you know, it's, it's doing something great for the world as far as, you know, solar wind farms and whatnot around the world. But my true passion is, is, is Katadia and the tequila brand that we've launched. So it's, it's just one of those things where you take that leap of faith and it's exciting. Yeah. You know, and I think we both thrive. I think Riti might have mentioned it earlier, but we we wouldn't have it any other way. Where we we love we love being busy with with work that we love to do, and it's it just excites well, us. And it drives it's everything, us. Everything, right? And I think whether it's social or work or whatever, yeah, family, friends, we... work. We're 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 pretty much go go go, and we um I just don't think we'd have it any other way. So you know, if we were both simply and I shouldn't say simply but if we both just had our, our our day jobs I think we'd be looking for more and 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 that's kind of you know why we're you know entrepreneurship is is big for us yeah and I think like you said though it's you know it's tough you know and Kyle you know this entrepreneurship is definitely tough but if you didn't have that passion to go with what you're trying to achieve I think it, it'd be very challenging yeah, no, I, I love that answer. It, it's creating something that's so enjoyable, right? It's that like you're, you know, you're taking something from nothing and you're, and it's fun, the whole journey, right? And, and I, I, I fall into this sometimes, right? You, you know, you want to celebrate the small wins and learn from the, the hiccups, yeah. right? And sometimes you kind of yeah. get caught in the shuffling act of, of, you know, running your own company. So no, I understand that completely. Yeah, for sure. Moving in more of, you know, the current times, right? You you touched on COVID or you mentioned it, right? So it's a good segue into, you know, the impact of COVID on businesses and stuff. But could you touch on how that affected your your growth, your your distribution and how that's kind of impacted the Canadian alcohol space for you guys? Yeah, for yeah. sure. You know, as as most businesses did, we had to pivot quite quickly. We had a lot of plans. We we just launched three months before the pandemic hit. So yeah, you know, 20, 2020 <laughs> was still, yeah, it was supposed it's to be not a funny year. laugh. No, <laughs> it was supposed to be a very big year for our brand, you know, but it, it didn't happen the way we had planned, you know. So a, a lot of our launches, most of our launches got delayed, but we started offering 
sipping kits and virtual masterclasses because we, we realized that people at home were looking for more experiences. And, and they're willing to learn about different things. And like we mentioned, the experiences. So the virtual space exploded. And so it was very interesting because it's not something we would have ever really thought of getting into if it wasn't, you know, for this unfortunate time. Right, right. Um, and then, of course, there's the within Ontario, we were able to do more direct to consumer sales with LCBO. When COVID hit, the LCBO um, changed the rules or relaxed the rules a little bit where we could, uh, through our distributor, of course, but we could sell direct to consumer. So initially when we launched we were very 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 focused with on-premise you know to restaurants and, and whatnot sales and then we had plans on going further through Ontario you know Toronto and, and other areas in Ontario but like as as you know that all that all came to a halt so that direct-to-consumer piece was huge for us and uh, we were able to you know deliver directly to uh, to consumers homes which wasn't necessarily uh, that easy prior to the prior to COVID hitting. So that really, that was a pivot and that, uh, that really helped us. And, and it was really great for us over the last year or so. And with the delayed launches as well, I mean, we started, we picked that up now in 2021. We've got a, you know, had a launch in Alberta this year and we've got um, our LCBO retail launch coming up as well as a, a US launch coming up uh, in another month or two. So, you know, it's been interesting, but we've been able to pivot and, and, and really, you know, keep things rolling over that time. Can you unpack the D to C within the alcohol space? Cause you know, that's been um, a very difficult channel for, for yeah. alcohol, especially in Ontario. Right. So they allowed that, but who, who was fulfilling it? Was it coming directly from you guys or is it being fulfilled through the LCBO or the distributor? How was that working? So, sure. So basically um, at, at the end of the day, anything, you know, when you're not, when you don't have retail space with LCBO, anything being brought in, imported in is still being imported uh, from, from by the LCBO. However, all sales are happening through the licensed distributor. So we have a distributor in Ontario. Okay. So that direct to consumer was ultimately being fulfilled by, by our distributor. And, and that's essentially it. I mean, you could go to the, you could go to our website and if you wanted to buy now in Ontario, it would right away would put you over to our distributors page where you could purchase and get it delivered to your home. So that's, that's how that, um, that D2C component works. Yeah. Wow. So that really, changed the game. If you think about um, your opportunity with social media and traffic and brand awareness, because historically you, you don't, it's, you have to drive traffic to the LCBO. You don't really have a fulfillment. So you need to kind of, you know, create that impulse purchase or that, that velocity at retail. So how did, you know, the social and digital marketing strategy shift? Like, so I would think a lot of your efforts would then switch to that and be like, Oh crap, we got to, you know, really turn this lever. And then, you know, you have the fulfillment on the DTC, which is amazing. I didn't know that's that's what rolled out. Yeah. Well, I'll just just in terms of fulfillment, we were able to do that prior to those rules changing, but it would have to be in in a case. So our Kennedy mm -hmm. case of six bottles. So you know, many many of our consumers that have tried the brand did buy buy the case, but for mm -hmm. new consumers that had never tried Catadia, you know, understandably so, it's a premium product, they were reluctant to buy a full case of six. So it was hard to capture those markets of, you know, new consumers. Um, but right, what did change is we could now 
sell you know one or two bottles versus an entire case so that was that was a huge huge piece of it but going to the digital space absolutely i mean it was a, it was a major role i mean especially even with with covid because everything was digital now you know mm-hmm. virtual uh, mm-hmm. everything was moving well, to digital prior to the pandemic even for the first couple of months that we had launched we were doing a lot of events where we had a in Cata, person in, events yes catadia taste things all of that was you know like eliminated right away right. and so we shifted that to our online presence really so we had to put a lot more effort and energy into our social and digital kind of marketing right so the social social media or digital marketing efforts became you know, our, primary. our primary marketing effort uh, with the elimination of anything in person so certainly the ability to track you know if we had posts and, and directing people to to our buy now page or whatnot our ability to track and, and you know click through and whatnot was huge I mean we could see how our efforts are are working or not working. Yeah, no, I wanted to definitely compliment you guys on what you're doing on social. Uh, It seems to pop up on my feed quite regularly. And I love that you guys are involved in it, right? A lot of brands are nervous to get in front of the camera or they're, you know, you guys are in the photos. It adds a little bit of a, I I guess, emotional authenticity to the brand, which I love, right? And all the content you guys are creating is great. Thank, thank you. you. That means thank a lot you. to us. You know, I have to say though, from the beginning, that was not our intent. <laughs> we weren't originally <laughs> planning. On- you, guys look, you guys look like models. <laughs> yeah, well, well, thank you. Oh gosh, but we weren't. This that was not our plan at all. It was really we wanted to focus on the product and you know the brand and everything. But you know, we quickly realized that you know everyone was kind of really liking our story and and we're so directly involved in every, every single thing way. so why not also be involved in photos that get posted and, to social and so we often as as you know since um you're following us we it's off often our voice you know we we obviously have mm-hmm. a team but it's it's often our voice that we're communicating out thank you i, I think that's the difference between product and a brand right? If I know the story and I feel that authenticity through the bottle or through your social, right? I'm going to want to buy your product over anybody else, right? You think about all the brands you love in, in your life, it there's a story behind it. I think you guys are doing a good job of building that story and creating your community. And it's only going to continue and continue to grow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I've, I've been wanting to ask this the whole time we've been talking. And, <laughs> and then a, a, after, you know, understanding your day jobs you guys have a family life is busy what busy what does a typical day in the life look like yeah for sure um it, it's busy it's definitely busy but I think like you wake up do you drink water uh, coffee workout give yeah, me like we'll nine go, to five yeah for <laughs> yeah. sure or, well I wouldn't say nine to five I would say like nine to nine six, yeah. six to eleven or something yeah yeah that's fine yeah, yeah. Uh, we go, uh, work out. Uh, Sydney works out at the gym. I work out at home, or go for a run, and um, you know, shower, coffee, and then we both. We usually have a daily touch point on just some of the priorities for the day and some of the the key elements that we need to attack in terms of Catadia, and then we start our day jobs. And whenever needed or whenever it's possible, if it's possible, we we have certain Catadia meetings um, when we need to during, during the day. day. Yeah. Otherwise, it's usually at the end of, after our 
day jobs, which, as you mentioned, are quite busy. Yeah, both of our day jobs are quite meeting heavy. So like Riti mentioned, occasionally we have Catadia meetings, but once the sort of the regular work day is done, we spend the evening and dinner. It's, you know, usually with the kids or with, you know, friends and family or, or something or other. And then once the kids have gone to bed, we strike it up again for a few hours. And that's typically the focused Catadia time where we work on everything, everything related to Catadia, right? Strategy, various, various things. And, you know, our day can shift and, you know, this is just a general, general idea of the day, but um, we, we certainly don't sacrifice things that we love, like friends and family time. We, we don't sacrifice, you know, so if we are spending time with whoever it may be, we're, we're there, we're present. And when we're working, we're, we're working, we're, we're sort of being as efficient as we possibly can, hammering it out. And I think we kind of have to be because, you know, when we're during our work day, there isn't really, there isn't really time to waste. So, but, but yeah, I mean. And as much as we love all of our jobs, we don't want to be working all the time. We, right. we want our downtime with their kids, with, uh, you know, our loved ones. So like Samip said, we don't sacrifice that. You'll never see us or rarely will you see us not you know attending a family dinner or anything like that no i love that that's it sounds like there's a few non-negotiables in your life which i think are are important especially when you have you know a lifestyle that you guys are living with with family and business and your own company sounds like working out's one of them family time is extremely important so that's awesome for sure yeah health and wellness is is big for sure yeah so this is good segue into the next question for any do you have any tricks or tips for younger businesses wanting to start out or just early on what would be maybe one or two key things that you would uh, give advice on I mean I think the the first and the biggest one would be you have to be passionate about what you want to do because if there's no passion behind it it you know I think entrepreneurship and then in the spirits industry is definitely tough so you need to have thick skin, but I think you can only have thick skin when you're extremely passionate about and loving what you want to do with it. And I would also say that there's it's there, there's no quick way of doing, you know, of, of being an entrepreneur. It's if you want to start something from scratch, like Ricky mentioned, thick skin, but you have to you have to realize that you've got to put in the work and and again, that it shouldn't be an issue if it's if it's a passion of yours. So I, I think that it, it all starts with a passion. And then if you if you're passionate about what you're doing, then then it's fun and it's exciting, and it, it doesn't get you sort of down. And and you you it gives you the energy to to continue to push and grow. Yeah, no, I would I would totally agree with that. Because then you, you it would be easier to maybe give up or yeah, you know start something out right if you don't have the passion or you don't really believe in what you're doing, you know, what are you doing it for money? Exactly. Right. Or, you know, are you doing it for other reasons? Selfish? I don't know. Right. So yeah, no, I would a hundred percent agree with, you know, passion being important. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That, that purpose behind it, the purpose and passion is huge for sure. So we got a couple more questions. This one's maybe I'll share my answer to this one as well, but what's your favorite way to consume tequila? Oh, we both love sipping at meat. Like, if we're, really? if, we're sipping, if we're sipping Catadilla, neat is for us the best way to go. Uh, of course, there are certain circumstances where you, we may not go neat. So, for example, if we're 
sitting outside and it's 40 degrees like we <laughs> saw for a number of weeks this summer, then, you know, maybe maybe on ice but, just to get but it. on a king cube. On a king it cube. It dilute it too much. Or it cools it down, but at least it's not getting diluted. It's sometimes, you know, when it's that hot, you do want a cold drink. But also something that we, we you know, in the, in the last year and a half, we've come to really appreciate is the world of craft mixology. Nick's become quite the mixologist, I have to say. <laughs> so, wow. so we, we do, we do also enjoy from time to time shaking things up and, and creating a cocktail. Again, it, it keeps it, you know, it's, it's, it's fun and exciting and it, you know, kind of gets the creative juices <laughs> flowing, but yeah, we, we also do the cocktails uh, once in a while as well. Uh, Cause it, it's, it's fun. Yeah. So what, about you? what about you, Kyle? Mine. So I have two. Obviously, I love a margarita. Um, I'll, I'll mix. I'll play around with margaritas and make them pretty, pretty high end with you know freshly squeezed grape juice. I'll add agave. I'll add a lot of stuff to it and have a little bit of fun with it. Mm -hmm. And then most recently, I've been having tequila champagne cocktails, which oh. have been uh, pretty delicious. Oh wow! But I've I've maybe sipped it um, maybe once or twice. Okay. Um, but no, I like definitely like uh, some cocktails. Okay. You, you should, uh, you should, if you like making cocktails, you should uh, take a look at our website. We've got a bunch of different recipes on there with using Catadia, and there, I think most of them are crafted by mixologists around around Ottawa, and they're they're really really awesome. What the final product when you put it together? So yeah, if you get a chance, check them out. And we so, also always use fresh ingredients too, and we find that you know it makes such a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It really it really does. It really does. So that's actually perfect timing. Where can people find you guys? If you can, you know, what's the website? If they want to go and message you guys directly and ask more about the brand, where are you available in, in Ontario and the LCBOs across Canada? Are you launching into the U.S. soon? You know, feel free to, um, you know, explore and, and give us all options. Sure. Absolutely. So first of all, our, our website is Cadadia.ca, so it's C-A-D-A-D-I-A.ca. Uh, so all the various ways of uh, purchasing are on the website. So right now in Ontario, it's directly through the distributor, which you can get to through our website. We're also available in Alberta, which again, you can see through our website. As far as the LCBO, really, really exciting. By the end of this month, so near the end of September, we will be available at LCBOs across Ontario, as well as their online store. So that's coming up, you know, in a matter of two, three weeks approximately. And then in October, at some point, we will be launching in the U.S., in, in 34 U.S. states. Again, that'll also be available through our website. You'll be, be able to see which states in the U.S. were available. So those are those are ways to purchase. In terms of getting in touch with us. We're always accessible through uh, social media. Yeah, social media. So Instagram, Facebook, email. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the tequila is, is, our, our, is our handle. And so we're, we are the we, ones that respond, you know, to well, all DMs. So feel free to reach out for any, you know, even if it's a question about tequila or, you know, good tequila, bad tequila, or anything specifically, we're, we're here. Yeah. And then of course, by email as well, info at catadia.ca. You can get in touch with us because we also are the ones that respond to that. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for the listeners. If you guys are in an LCBO at the end of September, pick up some Catadia, tag it on Instagram. You won't be disappointed. You know, it's born in Canada, crafted in Mexico. Thank you so much, guys. This was awesome. I can feel the passion behind the brand. 
I'm so excited to to be picking it up at LCBO. This was awesome. For the listeners, don't forget, it's always time to grow and, you know, take care, guys. <laughs>